I was in the uh, hospital this week, actually. Really? I had a pretty hilarious uh, thing happen to me. Are you serious? Yeah, I'm serious. What'd you do? This is on, uh, you, you know, didn't text me or anything because you were gone. What did week. you do? All right, so Tuesday night, just before bed, I go down to the basement to throw a couple logs on the fire. Yeah. To, so, you know, for a nice warm sleep. I go down there and open the stove door and a uh, bunch of sharp, or a bunch of, a bunch of uh, embers, like sparking embers, shoot out at me. I got one right in the eye. Get out. Yeah, I'm serious. My uh, my left eye, can you see it? Not really. Looks okay now. Looks all right. <laughs> so I'm like, like okay, so I'm pretty used to getting stuff in my eye, like wood chips, yeah. and probably once a month I get like a good little chip in my eye. Yeah. And I'm really, I'm good, I'm good at taking them out and I know what to do now. Um, but this was like, it was a whole different sensation. It was like really awful, like burning. So I like ran upstairs and I get it out. It was like, like burning. Wow. Interesting. <laughs> it was like burning. Um, but it was like, uh, so I got this anyways, I got the ember out and it was as soon as I got it out, like I'm used to kind of instant relief of getting something into your eye yeah. and it just like continued to like really like nasty burning feeling Really, and just felt like something was still in there. Yeah. Like something really big and I couldn't like... There was no satisfaction after removing it. So I this was like kind of late at night. I had to work at it for a bit. So I just went to bed with this horrible feeling in my eye. And then I got up the next morning and I was like, I have to go to the hospital to get them to look at this because I think there's something still in it. So, so you went to the this hospital. This was like at six thirty in the morning. <laughs> I'm like trying to get into my car and uh and I go to like start my truck and I got like one eye. And my truck doesn't start. Come on. And I'm like, yes. And I'm saying, Kate has to go to her work, and so I can't steal her car for the day. So I'm, uh, I'm like, I'm like, okay, the battery's probably dead. Positive, so I put positive, the battery charger on. Yeah, and battery charger on, and uh, it's nothing. Like the battery's fully charged. It's a new battery. So I'm like, oh, that's really discouraging because that's the only thing I know how to do. Uh. <laughs> so uh, I call my friend, who's a mechanic, my guy, and he tells me, you know, it's probably the starter. So. Anyways, we do a bunch of rigging around, and I actually ended up getting it to start. Yeah, nice. Which was a miracle. And uh, so I drive in, driving into town. With get one on horn, eye, Calvin. When I call my guy, ask him to get a starter all lined up for me, and uh, he's not able to do it. So then I called Canadian Tire and asked them if they had any starters in stock, and they did. And so I told them I need it done right away. So I uh, drive into Canadian Tire, like just park right outside the the bay right outside the doors there with the truck still running <laughs> running there just like throw them just you know tell them that i'm the guy for the starter and i ran out and i was planning on just jogging to the hospital from there oh my gosh because uh, i have no way to get to the hospital <laughs> and so and as i'm walking out of the store i uh, i see this guy that i know from church andrew and i was like andrew hey hey can you drive me to the hospital <laughs> He's like, ah, yeah, sure, man. <laughs> so I'm like, sweet. So he drives me to the hospital, drops me out, <laughs> off at emergency. And then uh, they took me right away. It was sweet. And I was only there for like an hour. And he, uh, the doctor, finally, he had to do a bunch of different things. But they like put this freezing stuff in my eye. And then they pried it open with, he bent like two paper clips to hold my eyelids open. Get out. And uh, yeah, he did. He just got, he's like, yeah, I'm just going to bend a couple paper clips here. Held my eye open got the crap out and said there's like a big burn mark right on my pupil yeah from the uh ember and then he put this dye in my eye like this orange dye so that he could see through the microscope like all of the different scars or whatever yeah and so i had this orange eye and then i left ran back to the canadian tire from the hospital and got shin splints from jogging in my work boots and uh <laughs> boom 
I was back at work. That's an everyday adventure if I ever heard one. <laughs> yeah, so that was pretty fun. All right, welcome back to another episode of the Open Road Podcast. You're here with Calvin and Jeremy, here to just uh, take you on a little adventure through your ears. Yeah, we've been uh, really enjoying this podcast and have been getting some awesome feedback from all of you guys. So thank you guys for tuning in, and uh, we have another just lovely episode lined up for you guys today. Yes. Now, um, this should we just take the time, Jeremy, to promote that we were on another podcast? I think so. I mean, why not? We're like... This is our show. We're like getting, you know, famous in the podcasting world almost. People want us on their shows. They want us bad. Um, so we were on uh, This American Life last week. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we had an ad in Serial. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> no, what was that podcast we were on, Jay? Yeah, it's called Tell them all about it. The Way Family Podcast. And uh, Zach and Hannah Way are two new friends of ours. And they have uh, a podcast that's kind of all about... Life, relationships, camping, exploring, kind of uh, their life uh, in a podcast. And uh, I had connected with Zach, uh, you know, a few years ago randomly on social media. You know, one of those guys you just, you know, see as interesting photos and end up following them. And we kind of started a podcast right around the same time. So we have an episode with them coming up in a couple of weeks. And their episode with us dropped uh, last week. So we kind of did a bit of a switcheroo. It was pretty fun. Yeah. I love how naturally we've just blossomed an awesome friendship out of out of that having this podcast in common yeah it's cool it's great it, it was like you kind of find some instant common ground with people in that regard mm-hmm. well no it was cool we were just both starting at the same time and and we're just using that as yeah it's kind of nice to grow a friendship that way out of having that kind of relationship where you're just asking questions and trying to learn from each other and and helping each other out yeah and like bouncing ideas off each other and chatting about the yeah the challenges of getting a podcast started you know how do you get it into iTunes and, you know, you're building a website and doing all of these things behind the scenes, you know, to set up the infrastructure to just have other people yeah. listen to your voice. <laughs> our, our listeners just have no idea how much work it takes, <laughs> the hours we put in a week to just get this content to them. Uh, they have no idea. It's out of control. Um, so, yeah. Nobody. So, so go take a take a listen to uh, the Way Family podcast in general. And there's a cool episode with us. And you'll probably get some some stories and a perspective uh, that you haven't heard before because they asked us some good questions and it wasn't all about adventure. There was some other fun stuff mixed in there too. Yeah, their podcast is a different style than ours where it's much more about um, kind of having a conversation about potentially controversial topics and stuff that we don't normally get into. So that, that was fun. Yeah, it was good. And that brings us to our episode today. And we are actually on our final bucket today which is pretty cool that's right last one yeah so so far the the four episodes previous to this we did exploration in the outdoors food and drink commerce and entrepreneurship and uh arts and culture and today we're going to be talking about sport and hobby finding adventure in uh in the way of sport and hobby yes yoga we're going to be talking to a friend of ours emily about uh the international yoga craze Yoga superstar. Before we get there, we wanted to chat about some of our hobbies. And more specifically, I think Calvin has a really kind of neat hobby that he's really, really good at. And uh, that's woodworking. Dude, I'm so insulted you just called my career a hobby. (laughs) (laughs) 
uh, so you want to turn your turn it into a career someday? No, I don't. Um, so Calvin, I used to. You're uh, you did you used to? I used to have want to. Yeah, I don't want to anymore though. So Calvin is uh, actually really talented. For a, for a bunch of years, you were uh, a um, a wooden boat builder, and you did all of these uh, beautiful renovations right. on wooden boats. Restorations, Jer. What did I say? Not a renovation. Yeah, you're right. You said renovation. No, yeah, I used to do uh, wooden boat restoration, and we did a couple of new builds as well from scratch, which was really fun. And uh, that's kind of how I got started into the fine woodworking world and being kind of fell in love with hand tools and working with exotic woods. And, yeah, that was a great introduction. What are some of the most exotic woods you've worked with? Uh, I don't know. Nothing crazy. When we did wooden boat building, uh, it was just like we used... um, uh, mahogany from Honduras that was kind of the main mm. that's what they're mostly built out of and so we use that and um, different kinds of uh, cedar bottoms and then I've done fiddled around with um, different little woodworking projects with lots of different little hardwoods and I don't know uh, cypress and ebony and all kinds of different hardwoods walnuts and different things like that elm I think it's such a cool hobby because like in some ways it's simple you're like building something out of wood but then yeah. in in another you know respect it is so complica- complicated and complex because there's different types of woods and different types of tools and different techniques yes. to connect all the pieces together so i was wondering if uh i think it would be interesting for our listeners to hear how you like start a project choose the wood choose the techniques you're going to use what tools you use and uh you recently built a really cool coffee table right yeah, I built uh, something that was actually for our house, which I rarely do. Yeah, you usually really build fun. things for other people, eh? Yeah, I'm really just I'm kind of just a giver. <laughs> so you yeah. you made uh Calvin made uh as a wedding gift for Katie and me, he made our our headboard for our bed, so that's a pretty cool thing that's that right. we have. Yeah. Yeah, so I made this coffee table. It was kind of my wife and I sat down and we knew we wanted kind of a more uh we had this old trunk for a coffee table that we were we have when we first uh, got married and had in our apartment, and now that we have a little bit more space in our living room, we wanted something different than you can actually set a coffee mug on properly without it tipping over. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we kind of sat down and went over some different designs, and I drew up a few different things. Um, I really kind of leaned toward the more modern style, and she likes more traditional, so we kind of um, melted those two uh, tastes together mm. to come up with something we were both really happy with. Um so I yeah, just kind of threw fooling around, drawing, um, found out that, uh, no, just found a nice design. So then um, just using materials that I had on hand, was able to slap it all together. So I used a nice uh, walnut from uh, I got from my uncle, actually. He had it on his property. So milled that all down and, and then just used it. It has like a painted base, so you can just use like pretty standard poplar for that. And uh, yeah. And so and when, you're, one, when I, you're talking about like milling it down, like... What does that mean to have to prepare that top piece to to look good? Well, it's all pretty rough when you get like kind of raw wood like that. It's all just done on a big um, bandsaw, so it has you know all all these saw marks on it, and it's just really roughly cut. So you have to run it through like a planer to get it down to the thickness that you're wanting, and also get it down to where it's nice uh, nice wood with no scarring in it or anything. Right. Yeah. And then what did so, like what's that really cool technique that you use to connect all the pieces? Because when you look at it, you cannot even really tell how things are joined together. Like you can't see a single screw. Like it's a really yeah. beautiful piece of furniture. 
Yeah, yeah. For the, for this one, it's no. Uh, there's no mechanical fasteners in it, so it's all just done through uh, mortise and tenon. So that's um, the whole frame's built that way. And what does that mean? That means that there's like a little that there's a notch on one piece, and then you make like a little smaller. Um, I don't know how to describe it with only audio, but you make like a little um, tenon basically that goes into the notch and fits in there really snugly. Right. And so you're making basically like a little pin that goes into a little square hole a peg into a hole it's the best way i could describe it that is very plain language and and i think that makes sense and it's cool how it all fits together like a puzzle then eh yeah it was fun yeah it's like a jigsaw puzzle 3d 3d and it it like has to be so precise no yeah pretty precise yeah i mean the yeah i think with um Woodworking is a subtractive process. Like you're always taking away and you can't add on really. Right. So um, you can kind of cheat it a little bit to make stuff bigger, but like you're constantly just bringing stuff to a smaller size, smaller and smaller until it fits together perfectly. So I think the the beauty of being a hobbyist and not having the pressure of time uh, against me is that I can just go slow and do it, uh, do it on my own pace and do it, um, do it right. I think that's, uh, you kind of alluded to it there, a good place for us to, to pause for a second. The reason we included uh, sport and hobby as one of our categories to talk about is because in many ways, uh, you know, either sports or the hobbies that we have are the easiest ways to actually find some adventure in our everyday because they're things that you can either do like weekly in a league or it's something that you can kind of do in your spare time that pulls you mm-hmm. out of um out of you know your regular life um so like calv how have you found um woodworking to be sort of like you know why is why has been keeping it a hobby been important to you versus trying to say oh i could build furniture for everybody and anybody yeah well i mean th- i think even as i just said they're like doing it as a hobby um i'm able to just kind of do it really slowly like i'm i don't have that pressure on me of a customer um kind of breathing down my neck like it that's kind of all on me to um, do it on my own time and work through designs and take the time to use um, what I prefer is using hand tools and that's obviously a slower process but that's something that I enjoy a lot more and that's kind of I like that I like that um, that side of it being a hobby as well maintaining the tools and restoring old tools and um, and it's a slower process but it's just um, it's just a simpler way of doing it, and I don't have the means right now, or the, like I don't have the space for giant machines in my shop. So uh, I'm just keeping it all fairly simple and minimalist. What? Is, so yeah, you talked kind of about hand tools and minimalist uh, woodworking. Like you don't have a really big space at all, eh? No, it's like a kind of just like a twelve by twelve bedroom of our house in in the basement that I've converted into a shop. So for so yeah, is there like a whole movement of people who are doing like minimalist woodworking? Is that like a thing or what is that? Minimalist woodworking is now coming a thing oh, for cool. sure. It's yeah, it's really cool because it's it's a opening the hobby up to so many more people who who it's not normally available to because so, like nobody has these giant shops where you can go to and um and learn about, you know, using big machines and so minimalist working minimalist woodworking is uh, you know, b- basically just taking a few basic tools that we've had for hundreds of years and just using those same techniques um and building stuff that's contemporary or or traditional and anything you want basically Hmm. that's awesome it's harder work but it's um 
it's just still available to so many more people. It's always been really cool when I've come to your place and like seen some of the projects that you have on the go or even this big pile of wood that's you kind of have in the corner where it's like, oh, this is this type of wood and this type of wood. And it's like, I cannot see how that stuff gets transformed into what it is yeah. later. So I think it takes a really creative eye and it's it's always been really cool to see like you in the middle of a process or, or whatever. So I had a funny creative eye thing this week. Yeah. Not my not my eye escapade, but uh, <laughs> I used my good eye actually the other after I was back from the hospital to uh, I was down at a customer's house and so their boathouse had flooded yeah. because we have so much flooding on the lakes right now so there's basically like there's now like six inches of water on top of people's docks really? in their boathouses so I was down there just doing a few things getting stuff off the floor and killing the uh, electrical and uh, I found like this giant driftwood log had floated in and it was all covered in ice and it was soaking wet but i but i saw something <laughs> in the in that hideousness so i just grabbed it threw it in the back of my truck and now it is down in my basement thawing out and dripping dry in front of the fire really and i'm just gonna yeah and i'm just gonna i i wanted something low like a low little stool for building the fires because i just do that like i just kind of kneel down and and build a fire and i wanted just a little low stool so i could just sit there and, and make a fire. Poke your fires. So I got home kind of early yesterday with this log, and I uh, I knew my wife would not be pumped <laughs> that I brought this thing home. So I just what I did is, is I brought it home, set it in there, and then I fully like deep cleaned the basement whole area. Nice. Uh, and then so it was kind of you know since I cleaned the whole basement, I'm adding one more thing. You can have your that, you uh, can have your log that is gonna potentially clutter the basement now how heavy is that thing though because like when you say there was this log that rolled in that was waterlogged like what i'm yes. picturing is like a like a 200 pound piece of wood no it was like a big it's like a really probably like a two foot round log but it's just a cutoff of it so it's only about 18 inches tall oh, okay so it's it was really heavy because it is complete i'm learning now as i'm trying to dry it out it's completely soaked through with water totally. so i don't know what's going to happen i'm just you know, I'm going to dry it out for a few weeks here and, and see how it turns Are out. Are you going to do anything to it or just sit on it? Like, just leave it as is? I just want to use it to sit on. Like, I'm just going to probably sand it down and then just have it as a little chopping block and sitting block. That's great, man. That's just so inspiring, the way that you just see, you know, creativity in nature. Who else, you know, could see a log and just think that they could use that to sit on? <laughs> no one else I know. I've got a pretty special mind. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. So that is Calvin's hobby in woodworking, and I'm sure it'll come up more in uh, in subsequent episodes because it's something that he's uh, yeah. you're always doing or always have something cool on the go. Well, and Jared, kind of cool when we're talking about the creativity because I think this podcast is kind of a big hobby for you. Like you love doing the edits and putting it all together, and you're always into the audio, uh, recording music, and now just recording audio. And uh, is this now fun for you? Like now that we've made this into a regular thing or would you rather, has it kind of killed it for you a bit? Oh no, I absolutely love, like I love doing this. When I was in university, I had uh, like a, an hour ra long radio show that I would kind of produce every week like a podcast and then just right. play it on the air. And then I, the next year after I uh, kind of pre-recorded it, I did a live show and I just love having a creative project. And for the past like, Maybe even two years since I finished university, I didn't really have something that uh, that I could really pour myself into. So 
this podcast has been a really, really fun thing for for me and for us. And yeah, because like, it's probably kind of my hobby right now. And I think it's cool too because I know that through this podcast process, you've learned a ton. Oh yeah, and that's that's one of my favorite things with hobbies too is just learning more and more and just expanding your information about the whole topic. Yeah, and I was chatting with uh, with Cole, who's done some production, who's kind of our producer for the podcast, and I said, yeah, some, <laughs> literally all, yeah, literally all. He's done a lot of the production for us and has been really helpful. And I was like, yeah, you know what, podcasting is is my hobby right now. And he was like. And then we kind of had a bit of an argument over the definition of what like a hobby is because he was ah. like, no, man, this is like a little bit more serious than a hobby like you're um, right. And so, yeah, there's also that balance, too, where, you know, we do kind of want to grow the show and and continue to like legitimately help people find more adventure in their everyday. And we're figuring out how that works and and all of that. So there's in some ways this is a hobby, but. You know, in other ways, yeah, it's, what's the line? it's a little more or maybe a little bit different. So that's another reason why we want to talk about it, because we want to explore the the boundaries of what is a hobby versus what is, is a creative project, the same thing. And, you know, right. kind of dive into all that. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a fun, fun discussion. And I think I wonder if once you start making money, that does it then start to fizzle from a hobby into, I don't know, not a job because this can't really be a full time job, but uh I don't know, I think for me, podcasting will always kind of have that hobby feel because it's just we always have so much fun with yeah. it, and that even if we were making like a few bucks with it here and there, like still a hobby. So, guys, today we're chatting with Emily, and she is an amazing yoga instructor in Los Angeles, and you know that's an interesting conversation for her too because yoga is not really a hobby; it is her career. But for a lot of people, it is something that they do to kind of. Uh, escape their day-to-day and find rest and relaxation so we think it's a kind of an interesting thing to talk about especially as guys who have never done yoga like in our lives never (laughs) so we're bringing you this fresh content on relevant topics relevant relevant is it relevant oh it's relevant yeah yoga come on totally relevant all right let's bring we haven't done it let's uh let's bring on emily buck this is the open road podcast my name's jeremy my name's Calvin. And we're here with a dear old friend of mine, Emily. Hey, Em. Hey. Uh, we're here to talk a little bit about this whole idea of finding adventure in uh, sport and hobby. And you are the number one yoga instructor in all of L.A. So we thought we'd get you on the podcast <laughs> yeah. to say hey. <laughs> it, was, you were qualified. it took a lot for me to be here today. I'm so busy. Yeah, you're, you're incredibly busy. Uh, it's Thank you so much for taking some time out of your schedule. And for canceling your session with Lil Wayne. That means a lot to us. <laughs> yeah. No, he, he's good. He's good for it tomorrow. So. Okay. Um, Emily, you and I met while we were both living in Waterloo. And uh, you then kind of followed your dreams to L.A. What uh, what happened? Um, like literally one day I woke up and I, I sent an email to the Los Angeles yoga studio that was affiliated with the one in Waterloo. And I said, I, I want to move to California. How do I make that happen? Is that actually what you did? Yeah, that's actually what I did. Wow. <laughs> well, I was like, I want to go on an adventure. And I thought I could stop in California for like a couple weeks before like traveling to New Zealand because that's where I really wanted to go. Mm. Um, but then I ended up coming here and them offering me a job and a visa and kind of had like a cross that bridge when you get there moment when they when they asked me to just like come out for a, a trial. And then when the bridge came, they wanted me to move here. And mm. so... I asked myself what would make the best story and moved here. Wow. 
any any regrets? Um, not really any regrets other than like just missing family. Sure. But um, I regret maybe how fast I expected myself to like feel the community and the way that I felt leaving Waterloo, like mm. immediately. So I was a little hard on myself at right. first, which I wouldn't be a second time. Yeah. That makes sense. Uh, I liked what you said right there about sort of asking yourself the question, what would make a better story? And you introduced me to uh, a book called A Million Miles in a Thousand Years by our good friend Donald Miller. Uh-huh. And I that, that book was actually really influential, even in kind of – Calvin and I developing our philosophy for the road trips that we go on. And I think in starting this podcast is the, it was kind of the premise of um, we're all telling some sort of story and is it a good one or is it a, a bit of a lame one? And then kind of understanding <laughs> our own role in our own story. Yeah. And so that's kind of like the whole idea that got you to like pick up your whole life and move it across the country. Yeah, basically I read, I remember reading that book like before, before I moved and when it came down to, yeah, came down to like, do I want an adventure? That was the question. Um, and then obviously what would make the best story and not like best as in this is all going to work out perfect and I'm going to have like a happy ever after story, but like the best stories are the most intricate ones, the ones where the character grows the most, mm-hmm. uh, I think. And so between the question of staying somewhere I'd lived for, seven years and kind of like doing the same thing I've been doing versus like a complete unknown, uncertain experience living in a different country where I knew I was going to be challenged. Like to me, that was, that was kind of the, that was the final straw was like not final straw, but you know what I mean? Like the pushed me over to go. Yeah. yeah, This is going to, I'm going to probably grow a lot by putting myself through this. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like with all the instability that was sort of caused by a huge move like that, you kind of picked a stable-ish career. People are flooding to yoga in droves. Yes. So being a yoga instructor in LA, I imagine, is at the moment a pretty secure career. Yeah, it, it it's actually more secure than I think it's ever been for yoga teachers. <laughs> sure. Now, and, and, and so why is that? Like, why are so many people drawn to uh, to yoga? I think people are thirsty to connect with themselves and know who they are in this ever increasingly fast paced distract and distraction filled world. So mm. we more than ever people are being told who to be, how to look. Um, TV before it was TV, then now it's like internet, like your phone, like you're just advertisements, like Instagram, like there's just constant. Um, constant stimulus and and yoga offers a way to connect back to yourself and Mm. connect back to your body and come out of your thinking head and um comparison and judgment and a lot of these things that our society is very very like immersed in right now yeah and and kind of have that hour even if it's just an hour i mean so many of my students that's the only time of their whole day that they can't be contacted by right. a friend or family right. member, or their yeah. kids, kids teacher. Um, it's the only hour of their day they're just breathing, just focusing on breathing without it being s- stinted by like a car driving by really fast or 
something on the radio, like just yeah, or the phone going off with themselves, which mm. is really important. Has that kind of maybe ruined it a little bit for you as you're like kind of doing it all day? And obviously, it's something you got into because you're passionate about it. Are you still still able to have that same connection to it? Um, that's a really good question. I I went through a period where I really struggled to connect to my personal like yoga practice because I was in the studio, like teaching 10, 12, 14 classes a week and just feeling like I don't, the last thing I want to do right now is be in this room or be focusing on these things. Um, so I found that, that it actually, though the, still the philosophy of yoga of, of mindfulness of taking that time to like connect with myself. Like I still practice that all the time, just not always the physical, which is called the asanas of yoga but then took that out to going on a big hike and going on walks or reading books, doing mm. things for me. And then now, um, since taking kind of that time away, not making that be the BNN end all, like I'm reappreciating the physical aspect mm. again um, because I didn't make it a thing I had to do. It's more something I want to do again. Yeah, like that's one thing that is is interesting, like that whole idea of, that class being that sort of, um, I guess, retreat. And I get the sense that you are a pretty talented instructor. And I hear, I have never been to one of your classes, but I heard <laughs> from people that you're, that you're pretty good. Um, what do you find is like a, a really important, like way to facilitate that? Cause that's really your job. Like you're facilitating that for so many other people, like creating a space where mm-hmm. they can enter into that. So what are some, some of your, secrets <laughs> dun, dun, dun. spell it <laughs> well, it's funny. as you're as you're asking that i'm like reminding myself to feel that i'm sitting on a chair and i'm breathing and not like needing to impress you or like prove something to all the listeners who are gonna be listening to this so it's no like, you don't but, calvin and i already make big enough fools of ourselves on this yeah. thing exactly but i think that's i think that's my secret is that i have to like practice myself grounding feeling my own body yeah and the secret to teaching other people is like if i'm if i'm aware of how my experience is on that in in the inside so like noticing if i'm feeling anxious if i'm feeling excited if i'm feeling sad um and then noticing at the same time being able to see what's going on in the room that's kind of the tool for being able to offer people what might be a retreat because I'm present. Like yeah. Just, yeah. I'm just able to see if they need help with their knee or see that they need help with the breath or feel when the room has a lot of tension in it too, because I'm not just like wrapped up in like, I feel anxious, but like I'm not aware of anyone else kind right. of thing, which has been the most difficult times of teaching is when I'm not paying attention to myself mm-hmm. and other people. It's either all them or all me. And I'm trying, trying mm-hmm. like getting that ability to, know where we are in the world and know what's going on around us is like the way that I find we have a really good experience together. That's awesome. Yeah. I think that makes a lot of sense, right? Like even if you think of this whole idea of, of just like modeling what you want other people to do, where it's like really easy for people to like, they're looking to you. So you actually have a massive influence on how they feel and how they are. And it's the same with leadership. It's the same with, you know, all of those different parts of life where if you're seeing something modeled really well, it allows you more easily to enter into what that is. 
Yeah, I went, exactly. I went to a Leon Bridges concert, like, last Sunday, and he was just, like, dancing and being silly and being a performer and everyone feeling so at ease, but the person who opened for him was not like that, and it was just so obviously showing the difference of, like, if we're just being ourselves and feeling exactly me feeling playful. Yeah. I'm actually playful as opposed to coming in the room and being like, today... We're going to be playful. <laughs> Today we're going to <laughs> yeah, breathe. Yeah, you have to be it. Well, yoga yeah. being your day job, and it's awesome. Like you're, you found something that you're so passionate about that you can be paid for, which is a dream for so many people. But we also want to talk about your uh, special friend. You have other <laughs> hobbies, Emily, don't you? Your other passion, so which is a machine. Yes. It's like more than a friend. Right, it's and we like we have a me. we have a similar bond with these these machines. I remember when you had your, what is she called? We can just spill it. RRV Lily, and you have an awesome vehicle. Called the Adventure Van. The Adventure Van. and te- Tell us about it. Um, the Adventure Van is like my best friend. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> no. Um, the Adventure Van is an 81 Volkswagen Westphalia. Five speed? Westie. Five speed uh, standard? Five speed. Speed, no four speed standard. four speed unreal she did not know how to drive <laughs> when i got it so, <laughs> so our first adventure by ourselves um we ended up uh on the side of the road and then stopped at a del taco overnight because i broke the clutch perfect oh. <laughs> and so it's yeah it's been like um i'll just go right to it Basically, like, I was a perfectionist, and the van is the most opposite thing of perfect ever. <laughs> and I, like, tried to control every circumstance in my life, even in yoga. Even through that practice, I was still, like, still trying to be, like, a really good yoga teacher all the time. Yep. And, um, and the van kind of just, like, made me have to step into the unknown in a really big way and say, like, great, I'm going to drive this van, and it might break today. And it might break today. And it might break today. And that's kind of like life. Like things are going to come up and happen. And so the van's been this huge teacher. And now every time I get in it and it doesn't break, I'm super grateful. And even if it does, and by break, I mean like little things. Like, sure. you know, little things like the clutch, you know, no big deal. <laughs> the clutch and the engine. And, you know, things have happened. So, how long have you had this vehicle for? And where do you go with it? I've had it for a year. Uh, the majority of places I go is just up to Malibu. So from Los Angeles, where I am, um, it's like a 40-minute or half an hour, depending where you are, drive out of the city up the coast on the on PCH, Pacific Coast Highway. Yep. And once you get up there, there's just beaches and canyons, mm. and you can kind of drive the van into a canyon and be off secluded, and I just park there and sleep overnight with friends and then go down and like you're at the beach so that's a majority of what I do with the van or just like drive it places around Venice and be at the beach. But then um, I'm going to be going on two road trips, one up to San Francisco in May with it and then a longer one in July all the way up the coast to Vancouver Ooh. and through Canada. Is it the motherland? Super excited for. That's going to be a serious test for that van. I know, and myself. Um, <laughs> now, where are you? Tra- where's your ultimate destination for that trip? Um, Kelowna, BC, actually. Okay. Where I'm gonna be full circle teaching at the teaching, or just and also just studying 
with the teacher trainings for moksha yoga, which is the type of yoga I teach for. So there's 60 people and I'll be sitting in on lectures with them and stuff at the end of the training. Yeah. How long are you going to, how long is that training? 30 days. Oh, wow. Hmm. I'm only there at the end. I'm just visiting. Okay, cool. Yeah. 30 days of yoga training. Yeah. Do, is, are there like, uh, like weird flexibility tests and stuff? Um, yeah. If you can't touch your toes, you're not even allowed to, to register. It's like the password. Yeah. That's your application password. Yeah, because that's all that yoga is really about. Is sure. That you can touch your toes. You can touch your toes. No. Do they put people on one of those, like, in the cartoons, you see those, like, giant wooden yeah, stretch giant boards, and they, like, stretcher. stretch everybody out, so now all their instructors are, like, they are like, whoa, these guys are pretty good at what they do. No warm-up required. <laughs> you know, well, no, you know the uh, machine in Princess Bride that stretches um, Wesley? Yes. That's what we use. That yeah, machine. okay. Very Makes similar. sense. Yeah. I don't know it, but I'm going to go look for it now. Calvin supposedly knows it. You watch Princess we'll Bride? One. All right. You know what it is, right, Calvin? Yes, I do know what it is. Yeah, it's, it's terrifying. Um, but you're really limp after, so that's all that, <laughs> that matters. It's really relaxed. Um, Are you going on with anyone on that journey? Yeah, I'm going to go in my with my friend Morgan, who has her own VW bus that's a 70s. Really? She's going to drive with me. Caravan. And stop and talk to people about her passion, Um starting a national conversation about death and dying Ooh. So, talking about how how people have gone through that so really That's interesting. yeah i'm actually really interested in that conversation we don't have to get into it too much but i don't i don't mm-hmm. think that we talk enough about death and dying so that's pretty interesting no we don't at all and we don't really know what to do when someone's died in our family or mm-hmm. people around yeah. us how to support someone when you know they're going through something or how to kind of like have your own experience of grief too. I think it's really not talked about. Yeah. And like you think about it, you're in a room of people and like, unless there's a lot of like small children, like a hundred percent of people have experienced death in some way. So it's like something that's so central to the human experience, but we don't, we, we just don't talk about it very much. And it's no, and, and we're all going to die. Like every single one of us, you, me, everyone listening. It's uncomfortable Maybe. to talk about. Let's it stop. Is. Stop this right now. <laughs> we need to stop. <laughs> yeah. It was actually it's, it's actually interesting. Um, just a, one more quick story. Uh, when Katie and I, when we were on our honeymoon, we were walking through this like national park, and all of a sudden we came to this like ancient, ancient cemetery, and we were walking through it, and we were just reading all the tombstones from like the seventeen hundred, not ancient, ancient, but like seventeen hundreds, eighteen hundreds, and it was so interesting to like see the family all buried in a row or to like see like infants or like just like look at the family lineage and it was kind of this like really interesting and almost uh just felt like really um i don't know just really meaningful like here we were starting out our life together on our honeymoon and we found ourselves in this cemetery and it was just this kind of powerful moment of wow this is this is life like this adventure that we've just started together like it's gonna end and we only have one chance at it. So it's kind of like this, I don't really know how to describe it, but it was this really interesting feeling as we walked through this cemetery, uh, hand in hand, just kind of contemplating life. It was a pretty special moment. Was uh, it a one night bummer on your hike? It actually wasn't a bummer in that one. Uh, <laughs> Calvin, that's the problem. That doesn't have to always be a bummer. Right. Yeah, So, but it was just like this really powerful moment where where we were like, it was. yeah, yeah it was just cool. And uh, yeah, we don't talk about it enough. 
No, I know. And what I was going to say, it's like, it's like life is death and, and living. And we tend to focus just on the fact that we're living. Um, but by you guys walking through that, I think it was probably really sobering to say like, okay, best story, like what we talked about with the book. Yeah. And also, yeah. guess what? Like our relationship's going to have like death in it, period. Like, even if it's not of the physical kind, like with our bodies all the time, but like just little things change and it's just part of life, like these ups and downs and flows. And Yeah, I think thinking about it, talking about it helps you to be a little bit more present and a little bit more aware and a little bit more like uh, maybe more intentional with the choices that, that we make in life. Well, that's very cool that you guys are mm. doing that. We might have to touch base with you and get a, a death update oh. while you guys are traveling. <laughs> you should. <laughs> well, I feel like that's a big reason why um, I'm doing stuff is like what – that's that same – that quote, what's the best story? Like there's just – what do I want to do while I'm alive? And there's lots of worries about the van breaking down on the trip, but like ultimately I can't let that hold me back from doing something sure. that means a lot to me. So do you have any other tips for people on how to add more adventure in this short life that we have? Yes. I would say... One of the big ones. When something that... scares you, take a deep breath, explore that, hmm. and that's an adventure just on its own. What were you gonna say, Calvin? I was gonna say one of the big takeaways that you were that I got from what you were taking or what we what you were talking about earlier was how the yoga is that escape of all distractions, and I think that's really cool. That's such an important thing for people to integrate into in everyday life, like just to step away and have that quiet time. And for a lot of people, that's yoga. For other people, it's gonna be different things. Yeah, exactly. Adventure doesn't always look like driving an old 81 van or sure. RV across the country. It's totally just where are you going to go somewhere where the outcome isn't guaranteed and you're willing to kind of go along for that, that ride just for the sheer discovery of, of something. So, so that could be school. That could be, um, yeah, yeah. All those things. So I would say to people, if like you want more adventures outdoors, start going outdoors without having to know exactly where mm. it's going to lead you. Like yep. you could drive car to the park. It's just just go on an adventure. No guarantees. That's awesome, and I think really helpful. And again, where we kind of keep coming around to I is think like it's... my phone computer is oh. cutting out a little. Oh really? Are you back? Are we back? Maybe. We're back now. We're back awesome. now. Okay. Yeah, I was just going to say, we keep coming kind of back around to that whole idea of, you know, it's about saying yes to things. It's about taking small risks every day. And, uh, yeah, we had a couple of people say, yeah, just get outside. Like, there's a whole lot of stuff waiting for us if we just kind of yep. open the door of our house. And that kind of is a symbol for opening the door of our hearts. Emily, something that I wanted you to explain to us was uh, you mentioned when we were talking last week about this camp that you're going to be counseling at. Oh, yeah. Can you please just elaborate slightly on that? That was so amazing to for us to hear about that. Um, yeah. So I came across through a friend two years ago, um, campgrounded.org, which was a website that he sent in an email that changed my whole life. Wow. It's a summer camp for adults. So for four days, you leave your phone in like a quarantine area that you're not allowed to access. Cool. Um, no watches. You arrive um, somewhere. It's a camp 
rented out by like for, for where kids would go in the summer. Yeah. Um, and you're not you're not talking about work. There's a rule: no work talk, um, no real names, no drugs or alcohol. Um, yeah, just a place where adults can go and play and be mindful and not have those distractions. Mm, wow. Also have a nickname, have a chance to talk about things and be curious about things that are outside of their normal, like nine to five and the ways we usually connect. So I get to be a counselor there and meet tons of people and take them through all different activities. And it's really fun. That's awesome. Yeah, that sounds amazing. Yeah. You guys should come campfires. Is it always, is, it's neat that you said it's like a, a camp that's rented out. Does it like travel around? Like, are they everywhere? Like, really? Yeah. So it started in Mendocino County, which is north of San Francisco. Yeah. This is now their fourth year. And so we're in Mendocino, New York, and then in New York in June, and then North Carolina in August, and then Texas in October. And then next year, they already have even more locations. Wow. So it can be across the country. So people can go um wherever they are that's well so cool that is cool and i imagine if it's a trend that's kind of growing in popularity there'll either be copycats popping up or before we know it we'll have some stuff in our area here in toronto yeah, that might if it's a trend like in the that. states we'll get it here in about 10 years <laughs> yeah no you guys have it actually um there's one called camp reset in toronto yeah toronto that's adult summer camp and then there's like a camp no counselors the difference with those is they're not um they're not um, no drugs or alcohol, which is, I think, the big premise of Camp Grounded is we want people to be able to really ground in themselves in their own consciousness hmm. and without the use of anything else, especially in an adult world where we are so rarely ever able to without all be those together things. without mm -hmm. those things. Yeah. And um, and I, I think it's a really profound thing. I think it's also really great for people who, who just choose to abstain from those for whatever reason, having a place that they can go and also for people who don't usually choose to abstain having to try something that's actually like new for them and see how that is so it's like really cool to see people like dancing and laughing and yeah realize nobody is on any sort of mind changing <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure yeah that's yeah. so cool yeah that's really neat yeah Emily, the things that you're doing, the way that you live your life, it's it's pretty inspiring to us. So when we started this podcast, I was like, at some point, we have to talk to Emily. So uh, thank you for following your, uh, I don't know, following, I don't know if it's your dreams, but following your heart, I guess, over to LA. And uh, it's been cool to kind of keep up with you on Instagram. And I hope that uh, our paths do cross uh, in person again pretty soon. Me too. Because we I had some good adventures too. Like we went to Bolivia together and... Uh, with our, well, with our church and yeah i was thinking of this other day i feel like in waterloo there was like a spirit that we both had of adventuring and i gravitated towards you and tim for having like traveled with lily and done the open road and then yeah. i was going to Bolivia. i was like <gasps> people who also like explore but there was this like part of me that that yeah. was kind of like trying to figure out how to live in waterloo this like life that I couldn't really see excitement with like trying to get a full-time job in social work, which is beautiful and great, but I wasn't excited about it. Right. Um, and now, yeah, I feel like, thank you. And it's been a journey of, of listening to yeah, the little things that feel like almost not logical or not smart. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Why would I go teach yoga when I could go do this other, other more adult thing? And 
now I'm teaching summer camp for adults and it feels like the best job ever. So right. that's awesome. And in no way does having a 1980s van make any financial sense or for a vehicle, but it is yeah. so fun. So fun and has made me grow as a person more than like going to school probably. <laughs> sure. Oh, I'm sure. A hundred percent. It's you have to take on a lot of responsibility and yeah, exactly. It is absolutely not logical. And that is it's kind of, the biggest key to adventures is they're not logical. We could all just stay home and stay comfortable and right. stay the same. So. Awesome. Well, thanks so much yeah, for spending great. some time with us, Emily, and uh, I'm sure we'll chat with you soon. I know. I love you guys. Oh, Jer, I think, I think what I want to do, Jer, is just challenge you. Challenge me? To challenge you to just do some yoga. <laughs> I think you can do it. <laughs> And I think, not only do I think you can do it, I think that you need it. I am so inflexible, so maybe that does mean I do need it. I'm actually pretty flexible, pretty naturally flexible. Well, then I... Can you touch your toes? I, no, I can't. Did, didn't you say that was a qualifier for for what? For something? I'm not sure. You had to be able to... Oh, maybe she was joking, actually. <laughs> to be able to... Be, can you touch your toes, though? No, I can't. Only if I really? bend my knees. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, it's, that counts. Uh Guys, thanks for spending some time with us today uh, on the podcast. Hope you enjoyed the conversation and uh, got some great tips and tricks and stories. Stories, and you're feeling a bit inspired. Um, Jer, we should do a little bit of a shout out for promotion's sake. We should. We Who should. We're gonna shout out. We're gonna sh- we're gonna just call out our listeners. We're gonna we're gonna shout out our listeners and call them out, or <laughs> shout them out, yeah, call or them call them out. Them out. Call them out on malfeasance. <laughs> for, why would we ever do that? For not telling their friends about us. You know what, dear listeners? We would so, so appreciate if you would think of one person right now. Close your eyes and think of your most adventurous friend. I'm doing it. It's you, Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, think of someone else that's not me. Calvin, you got okay. someone? Close your eyes. I got someone. You got someone? I got them. Okay, now here's your task. This week, actually no, right now, open up your iPhone your BlackBerry, your Windows phone, your Android, and send them a text and say, hey, you should listen to this podcast. It's pretty fun. The guys are moderately cool, and you might enjoy the content. Done. And then send, message, message sent. sent. You can send them you know, a text, openroadpod.com. That would work. Uh, you could send them our Instagram, at, in, at openroadpod. What else? Is that it? Uh, send them your phone number, which is beep, 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 beep. Yeah, that's great. Or even better, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes so that it comes yes. to your device right when it comes out on a Sunday night, Monday morning. And another thing, Jerry, about the subscribing thing I think is key. Just make it download on Wi-Fi only. Oh, definitely make it download. I, I didn't do that at first when I started listening to podcasts, and that was kind of a nasty surpri- surprise. As I subscribe to a lot of podcasts. Yeah, definitely change your settings to use download podcasts on Wi-Fi only or else yeah. you might be hit with a nasty data bill. Because yep. each podcast data. is about 80 megabytes. Is it? Because our quality is just so rich. Well, listen to that quality. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, that's great. So guys, thank you again for listening. Truly, truly, we would appreciate if you would share this podcast with just one friend. If everybody shared this podcast with one friend each week, we would double. We would reach the globe. We would reach the globe in a matter of six weeks. 
maybe that's that's all we need because it's all we're asking because there's that whole thing six degrees of separation right so six weeks should get us there uh, yeah i think so so that would we'll be, be there truly helpful weeks. for us uh and we'd appreciate it but before we let you go we are going to hit you with another new song from an artist we featured on the first episode of this podcast eric brandon this song is also from his latest record old love and it is called U.S.A. Such a timely song for the current state of world politics. This is U.S.A. by Eric Brandon. Hello, everybody. My name is Eric Brandon. I'm driving on down the highway here. Don't you worry. I'm hands-free, totally hands-free. Hey, this is a song called U.S.A. It's off my new record called Old Love. I hope that you like the song. If you do like what you hear, feel free to stop by the website ericbrandonmusic.com to listen to more. Okay, I hope you enjoy it. I wanted to leave you with a quote from a great book that I keep on hand in my shop called The Minimalist Woodworker by Vic Teslin. I hear many woodworkers describe themselves as only a hobbyist when asked about what they do in the shop. The part I take exception is the only. 
Hobbyists think for some reason that they aren't as qualified as woodworkers if they are not making money at it. I happen to think that some of the best woodworkers are those who don't have the pressure of running a business looming constantly over their heads like a dark cloud. When I made furniture for a living, I was constantly stressed about finishing one job and lining up the next one in order to make ends meet. Being a hobbyist allows you the freedom to explore new things and to try new techniques without worrying about putting food on the table. You can spend time actually mastering skills, and if something doesn't work out, you can drill a hole in it and call it a birdhouse. Are you gonna be uh are you gonna be uh willing to like share this with your LA circles and stuff? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We didn't even get to your <laughs> story, which was really cool. I know. Well it's actually good if I'm gonna share it because we're not supposed to talk about it with like to the public because in so case the paparazzi try to like take pictures of her when she comes out of the studio and stuff. So true. Right, right. When she's hugging me and kissing me on the cheek. Like <laughs> I don't want to be in the US today, you know? Like yeah, you, yeah. you've already been in that too many times. <laughs> too many times. Can I tell you a really funny quick story? Yes. I gotta go. So I'm like walking out of the studio. I'm walking down the sidewalk. I've seen pictures of her like leaving our studio and things on paparazzi things. And she's standing waiting for her car at the valet with a friend. And I'm like walking down the street towards her. And she starts like waving and being like, Emily, Emily. Like walked over and she was like, this is my friend. And she like named her friend was like, this is Emily. She's my yoga teacher. She's great. And I just had this like moment of like, if there was paparazzi like right now taking this picture, like, I'm like being called over by <laughs> you know? like she's like come here and instead of me being like oh my god can I have your autograph that's and that hilarious. was like, when I knew I had arrived in Los Angeles that's awesome <laughs> that is hilarious that's so good we're gonna put that story in but we'll bleep out the name yeah because <laughs> that's good. perfect yeah it was a good one. Uh, for the record, it was a very uh, famous celebrity I'd actually like to just sub in a different name <laughs> yeah yeah you and I say a name <laughs> Morgan Freeman <laughs> Awesome. That's awesome. Thanks, Emily. Um, thank you. We'll chat with you soon. Okay, bye. Bye. -bye.